This podcast is a part of the Carbon Almanac Network of Podcasts. Hi, I'm Christina. I'm from Prague. Hi, I'm Jen, and I'm from Canada. Hi, I'm Ola Banji, and I'm from Nigeria. Hello, I'm Liki, and I live in Paris. Hi, I'm Brian, and I'm from New York. Welcome to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. In our conversations, we share ideas, perspectives, questions, and things we can actually do to make a difference. So don't be shy and join our Carbon Sessions because it's not too late. Hi, this is Christina. Hi, this is Jen. Hi, this is Alabanji. And hi, this is Liki. And now, Christina, can you share your good story of the week? I have a good story of the year. Uh, last weekend, I went to Hot Springs, uh, Boulder Hot Springs in Montana. And for me, what was so positive is that it was an old Victorian hotel that was supposed to be taken down because it was falling apart. And a woman bought it in the 80s and has been rebuilding it and restoring it for the last 30 years into usable and functionable hotel with hot springs and they heat up their place from the waters of the hot spring which is about 140 degrees fahrenheit and i felt that's a positive story that hopeful that not everything is disposable mm. what do you guys think I love this idea. I love the fact that places are not taken down. Uh, I just posted a picture on Instagram today. I went to the doctor and uh, in the waiting room, I looked around. It was like, wow, I thought it looks like Versailles, the Palace of Versailles, because it was it, it was like, you know, one of these old ancient buildings in Paris. But in Paris, we don't take down buildings. It's not really renovated, but it looks so stunning. So I thought it was in Versailles. So I really like the idea of not turning down places. So what are we talking about today? We discussed that we're going to talk about food again, but... <laughs> it's always a good topic. <laughs> yes. Well, because we eat a couple of times a day. So I think it's a very, very important topic. And now this time we're going to discuss how um, we get our food and how we preserve it. So where we get our food and how we keep it in our house to keep it fresh. So maybe I can start. You know that I don't really like supermarkets. <laughs> I think by now you know that. And I'm very happy to see that there are more and more in my neighborhood, those kind of small shops that sell food from farms around Paris. And I like it because it's direct is it a term like you know farm to fridge <laughs> i don't know if this is such a term oh, that but sounds like a great term it's something like that and farm to table <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i like the farm to fridge <laughs> i think farm to table is for restaurants but um but farm to farm to table farm to fridge i think this is a 
And I like it because there's no intermediary. And um, so the food is not necessarily more expensive. Um, the thing about it as well is that we need to keep these small businesses alive. So that's a, that's a good source of income for those small farmers. Also, you know, it's it's great because we get to connect with the farmers sometimes. So I really, really enjoy these kind of small shops that end up popping around in Paris everywhere. And so that made me very, very happy. And sometimes they have this, um, you know, uh, when they have left, like, is it leftovers things that they haven't sold? And now they have some kitchen. And so they you can buy the fresh, the fresh food like uh like cauliflower or, or tomatoes. But then when they don't sell it, they have their own kitchen and they cook it and they make it like you know, jars of food that you can keep and eat if you don't feel like cooking. And it those are delicious. And I love it because as consumers, we can give direct feedback to the shop and to the cook. To tell because there's a there's a dialogue now. Like, oh, how do you find it? Oh, is it? Uh, oh, yeah, maybe you can add a little bit more, uh, more onions or this kind of thing. And I really, really love this this kind of places. That's great. But one of the problem with this kind of uh, places is that there's no preservative in the produce. So you can not keep it for a very, very long time. So you have to buy in small batches and eat it quite fast or put it in the fridge. But I live in Paris, so I don't have a big fridge. <laughs> so I have to go to those shops all the time. Yeah. So I think the preservation of the produce is, um, is a kind of problem, but, um, but it's not really a problem because uh, that's a way for us to always have fresh food. I think it's definitely worth checking out some tips on storing food we can increase the storage life of the food that we buy just by a few things probably by keeping them in, in different places you know like potatoes for example might need some more air they should be stored in like cool dark places and you know tips like that for different kinds of food are really helpful so i found uh, i saw a video on youtube that also talked about how to store tomatoes and some of this other stuff and so it's definitely worth checking out you know rather than spoiling food and throwing them away you know it's fresh food so you want to make the most of them keep them okay until you need them so yeah i think it's worth checking you know if you if you get a bunch of groceries or fresh food you can just browse on the internet like tips to store this for it to last longer, you find a bunch of stuff that you can do. I think, Christina, you live in a place where it's very, very, very cold. <laughs> so food storage is not a big problem for you. Yeah. Uh, right now I'm in Montana and it's <laughs> minus 30 degrees Celsius. And uh, so if we want to freeze something, we don't even have to use freezer. But... Uh, in the winter, in last three years, has been the winters have been warm. This is a first year of, I don't know, I would have to look at almanacs, but but it's finally has been below 20, minus 20, and it will be healthy for the woods because the destructive bugs will disappear. But oh. uh, so it's we're happy about uh, this low temperatures and hopefully they'll stay for a little while. So uh, the woods are healthier. Uh, but 
about the food, I love when you were talking about markets. One also thing I love when I am in Prague and uh, going to the farmers markets. Not only we take when we buy eggs, we take uh, the egg curtains with us, but also we'll, we bring back the eggshells so the farmers can reuse it for the chickens. So it's kind of a uh, nice connection and it feels good that I'm not wasting things. And, um, and about preservation, in Czech, a lot of people ferment food. So like sauerkraut and other uh, vegetables fermented and dry meat. And those don't need refrigerations and also they don't need very cold temperatures. And as Olavanti was talking about potatoes and being underground uh, storage, keeping it cooler, um, if the fermented foods are kept down there, they definitely would last at least half a year, a year without no problem. So those were my thoughts about storage. And yeah, but it when it's minus 30, you really have to watch it if you put the soup outside to cool so it wasn't freeze to a block <laughs> and not being able to get it out of the pot. But yeah, it's kind of nice. It's nice. Uh, I'm in log cabin and I can see how amazing is the ability of what the insulate and not uh, to have condensation on inside. It's just what a wonderful material in these extreme conditions. It's it's about half as cold here where I am in uh, Western Canada. And one of my jobs today is every hour and a half or so is to go out and get the hummingbird feeder and put it in a pan of water and thaw it because the little birds are still here because it's been so mild and they're hungry. And if we don't thaw the food every hour and a half or so, they'll starve. So we're on hummingbird feeding duty. <laughs> because if you don't take the feeders down in September, they don't leave. And if they don't leave, they need food. So you have to commit. You have to commit. So even if we go, and when it's this cold, the feeder will freeze every, it'll freeze in about 40 minutes. So we have to take it down. And this morning, my husband went out with the feeder and I heard him go, ah, and I said, what? Wow. I guess a bird had come and was right in front of his face and went, oh. <laughs> was telling him to hurry up with the food. <laughs> anyway, it's pretty funny. So they're, they're waiting for us to get the food ready for them anyway it's very cute but but you know if you yeah. if you commit to it you have to commit to it or else they'll die so it's a task um but on the topic of food i mentioned a little while ago that i had found an app called flash food and uh, it only works with certain stores here but what it allows you to do is go on and see what they're about to throw away. It's what they can't sell because it outdates today or tomorrow. And then it goes in the landfill. And the way it works is you can see what they're offering. You can purchase it right on your phone and you have till 11 o'clock at night or whenever the store closes to go and get it or else it gets thrown out. But the food is generally half or less 
the cost of normal food. The only problem is that it's all in plastic, a <laughs> lot of it. Like it's it's a pre-made, you know, family size salad that's normally $15 and you get it for seven or something. Um, but yes, yeah. but, but, but I, I can I make a comment about this? Yes, Because I thought that plastic is not good for food. And right. I've, I've always been like you against plastic and food. But yeah. then what if, if you think of plastic as a way to preserve food, to keep the food in good conditions, then the food doesn't go to waste. So, you know, another way of looking at it, it's make the plastic wrapping the, the food not so evil because it's a way to help reduce food waste, you know? Well, and it would just go in the landfill with the food, right? Because they don't take everything out of the pack. They would just have thrown it out. Yeah, well, it's not how it's supposed to work. <laughs> I know. So, so when we buy it, at least, my thinking is, at least I'm saving the food yep. and then recycling the plastic. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but there's, there's fish, there's meat, there's uh, bags of produce. Um, you can get a whole big heavy bag of produce, lemons, limes, uh, you know, uh, pomegranates, all sorts of things for $5 that they're just going to throw out. I was happy to notice when I was there the other day picking up some things that there was a little lineup of people picking up things. And I was happy to notice that that much food is being saved from just being thrown out. So so that was fun. And then a third thing, real quick, is that our, I came home the other day and our daughter had been doing something with Parmesan cheese. And she works in a restaurant and she took the rind after she had grated the cheese. There was the rind left that normally you just throw out. Well, apparently in their restaurant, they make something with that. So she made something with it and you could eat it and it was really crunchy and delicious. And I started looking on Instagram and I found a few things about how to use up your little bits that you normally wouldn't eat. Like orange peels can whiten your teeth. And they can clean stainless steel and like all sorts of things, right? So there's many things we can do with this stuff that we probably don't take advantage of. Anyway. So I have a question for Alabanti. You are on the opposite side of the weather. For you, it's hot. How do you store the food or how do you deal with the food? Because uh, I don't have a clue. Yeah. Um, mostly the fridge. Yeah. For the most part of it, it's the fridge. Um, the grains and um, things that can stay out of the fridge do stay out of the fridge. But if it's going to get bad quickly, then it's usually the fridge. Do people buy a lot of dry meat or dry fruit or something or just fresh? Uh, it's it's usually fresh. Um, so we're lucky to be close to the farms. Or the farmers, right? So they're they're like farmers market, very small farmers market around. So if I step out of the house at like nine ten a.m. in the morning, I could get fresh oranges. Oh, nice! Um, fresh fruit, pineapples, yeah, watermelons, and the rest of them. Um, yeah, usually wow. you can get fresh food mostly anytime you go out. You would most likely get fresh food, uh, bananas. Yeah, there's there's fresh bananas like what 30 40 feet away from me i if i step out of my house right now i'll just walk like a few steps and i'll see fresh bananas 
Oh, that's amazing. Can I share a little story? I, I lived in, not in your part of the world, but I lived in a country the climate is, should be similar to where you are right now. And I love ice creams. And I have developed a skill related to ice cream because I love ice cream and eating ice cream. And I realized that when you eat ice cream outside where you normally do, it, when it's very, very hot, it melts very, very fast. Mm. So I've developed a skill, which is like, I don't know how, it's to lick the ice cream very, very fast so it doesn't go over my hands. That's over my fingers. That's a skill I have developed. And it's really, 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 really useful. When you live in a very, very hot yeah. country. That's a lifesaver. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. That's really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have this problem? You don't like ice cream, do you? Yes, I, I guess, you know, you say it's interesting. It's probably you don't oh, like I ice do. cream. Oh, I do. I actually do. do. Yeah, <laughs> stracciatella, amarena, vanilla. Um, I, I've got a few flavors up there. I love ice cream. <laughs> I'm not a... I wouldn't say I love love ice cream, but yeah, I can be a fan. So you're not like me. You you don't eat an ice cream every other day. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not a heavy eater. Yeah. <laughs> I've got someone who's a heavy eater. Yeah. Every time I've had ice cream, it was because of her. She <laughs> just drags me to go get ice cream all the time. <laughs> it sounds like when we talk about food, it goes from food to community and how to connect with people. And um, I think that's the pleasure of uh, being around food, connecting with people who will eat it and connecting with people who will grow it for us. Yeah. And hopefully that, that joy will overcome the supermarket prices <laughs> and will shift into markets and yeah and fermentation and drying and storing things I, I was playing with a thought earlier today while i was writing and the thought was that humanity is a community in itself and it's good to be talking about this right now because food is actually one of the things that brings us together as a community so we all eat. Everybody eats. You can do intermittent fasting and all the kinds of fasting, but you eat at the end of the day. So this is this is a great conversation. Even hummingbirds. Yeah, even the hummingbirds eat. Everyone eats. <laughs> <laughs> even hummingbirds. I love hummingbirds. I do too. I was putting my garden beds to bed, um, putting some straw on top of them and and feeling a little bit sad because we're we're moving and um and I didn't plant garlic this year for the first time in years. <laughs> you planted in the fall in October and uh and harvested in July and yeah, the first year this little bed was oh. empty. <laughs> it's kind of like, oh. Yeah, so we'll have to see where we're at in the next place to be able to grow food and uh this year I'm planning to have an hydroponic plant in my kitchen this is a uh, because you talked about this and someone else talked about this and so so this is a project 
it's not a big thing. It's uh, it's I'm, I probably have some basil leaves and uh, and some chives because I like those herbs. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, it's a project, and uh, I don't have a garden, but I can understand your joy and your sadness of growing or of not growing food, because it's exciting to see things. It's it's kind of miracle, yeah. I think. It is. And there's a couple things I thought, oh, I'm taking that with me. <laughs> I planted a little bush this fall, um, uh, and I thought, oh, that's going to come with yeah. us. <laughs> there's certain things I'm going to dig up and bring. Bring the strawberry plant. Bring the rosemary bush. Oh. Uh, yeah. Some of them are in pots, so it's easy. We just take the pot. But mm. um if the next people aren't gardeners, I don't want to leave things that'll get thrown out, right? So, are you moving very far away? Uh, we're moving about half an hour drive away, across a river, so not far, but closer to my work, so I don't have to drive as far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you like the new space? I have. We haven't got one yet. It's one of those things where you have to sell your house and hope to goodness there's <laughs> one that'll work. <laughs> So right now it's all about deciding what things we need and what we don't need anymore and decluttering and getting rid of things. And the whole theme is simplicity and doing with less. That's my wow. theme for the year. That's beautiful. So. Yeah. That's my theme of cooking this year because I'm fed up with <laughs> cleaning <laughs> too much. So my, my theme for cooking this year is simplicity. <laughs> Nice. And how will that look? Um, I love steaming, not so much of frying. Uh, I love of baking things that doesn't, you know, that doesn't um, involves things splashing everywhere. Very simple recipes. So, like getting very, very good uh, base. The basis must be very good. So, very good vegetable, very good fish or meat, and um, lots of spices. And um, minimum cooking and um, minimum preparation because I'm fed up with very complicated recipes that requires hours yeah. of preparation and uh, hours <laughs> of cleaning for only half an hour of food. So that's not worth it. <laughs> but it's <Yeah>. fun. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. But I value my time. <laughs> yeah. I like the simplicity theme for the year. I'm going to try to keep my refrigerator more empty, not overflowing. <gasps> oh, yeah. That is something that makes me very happy when I see my, my fridge <laughs> empty. That's, that's something that makes me very, very happy. Wow. So what's the theme for, of the year, Labanji, when <sighs> it, it's related to food? I don't have a food-related theme for the year. Mine is, I only have a general theme. And it's fearlessness. Yeah. Fearless. Fearlessness. That means that you're going to try out a lot of different foods. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that'll be that'll be it. Yeah. Happy to try a lot of different foods actually. New adventures. Well, I hope everyone uh, has a snack after they listen to this episode. <laughs> a healthy snack, that, a simple snack. That'll be a great way to, to celebrate the episode. Like, oh, yeah, I just finished listening to an episode of <laughs> Food, right. so might as well grab some. Yeah. Or try out fermenting something mm -hmm. after they listen. That's right. Yeah. I'll go 
do some research on how you can preserve your food for to last longer. Cool. Okay. Bye. 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 Thanks, everyone. Bye. Have a good week. <sighs> yeah. You've been listening to Carbon Sessions a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. We'd love you to join the carbon sessions so you too can share your perspectives from wherever you are. This is a great way for our community to learn from your ideas and experiences, connect and take action. If you want to add your voice to the conversation, go to thecarbonalmanac.org slash podcasts and sign up to be part of a future episode. This podcast is also part of the Carbon Almanac Network. For more information, to sign up for the emails, to join the movement, and to order your copy of the Carbon Almanac, go to thecarbonalmanac.org. Be sure to subscribe and join us here again, as together we can change the world.